Welcome to 365 Christian Men, where every day we aim to inspire and encourage with real-life stories about men. December 9th, Henry Bullinger. Henry was such a bright child, he was sent off to learn Latin two years earlier than normal, and he learned it. When he was 12, his father, who was a priest, sent Henry off to school and promised his room and clothing would be provided, but the boy must learn to understand the poor, so he would have to beg for his food. For three years, young Henry literally sang for his supper. He earned a bachelor's degree when he was 16 and went on to minister the word of God to all people, including the poor. It is said that he produced more Christian literature than Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli combined. Multiple editions of his writing were printed every year in Switzerland, and that continued for a hundred years. Additionally, more than 50 printers across Europe also turned out multiple editions of Bullinger's work. From the 1530s on, reformers like Miles Coverdale translated Henry's writing into English. On this date, in 1531, when he was only 27 years old, Henry was appointed Chief Minister of Zurich. When responsibility demands a decision, stand for the truth. Quill in hand, Henry paused. He was determined to block out the chatter ringing throughout his home. He had to concentrate to answer the Scotsman well. Somewhere in the house, a child shrieked with joy, and Henry chuckled, thankful that God had enabled him and his dear Anna, a former nun, to provide comfort for the exiles pouring into Zurich. Nicknames can be coarse, but the Queen of England's moniker, Bloody Mary, fit. Determined to return England to Catholicism, she had no qualms about hunting down Protestants and executing them. So now, Henry's house teemed with guests, as it had so often before. A dot of ink smudged the paper. Henry sighed. Ah, oh, he would answer the Scotsman today. The man sought advice as he navigated the dangerous political climate of his homeland. Henry had answered as carefully as he could. Now he stared at the last question. To which party must godly persons attach themselves in the case of religious nobility resisting an idolatrous sovereign? Henry dropped his pen into the inkstand, leaned back in his chair. As he flashed back to his own exile, he closed his eyes. Years ago, he too had arrived in Zurich as a refugee. He would never forget the confusion in the eyes of their two small children as they had fled the only home they had known. Fighting within and without, Catholics fought against Protestants, and the Reformers fought among themselves. Henry knew that if the Reformation was to survive, it was imperative to follow the Holy Scriptures. Only God's Word could cut through the conflict to the heart of the matter. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Perhaps that is why, 23 years before, the Lord had given him Ulrich Zwingli's powerful pulpit in Zurich. 
Henry released a humorous chuckle. At 27, he had been young to assume the position of head minister, but with God's help, he had spent his years doing his best to win battles with words, not swords. He wrote from God's word, even as he worked tirelessly to promote unity among the reformers. Writing another letter, Henry startled at the sound of his wife's sweet voice. You must have penned thousands, she said. Henry shrugged. The letters were very important, maybe as important as the sermons and the books. The letters built bridges, not walls, wherever possible. It wasn't easy to stand for the truth, even as he fought for the bond of peace. But people were more willing to consider the truth when they knew that he cared about them personally. She planted a light kiss upon his forehead. Dinner will be served shortly, she said. Henry nodded. I'm almost finished, he said. In perilous times, it was paramount that each man stand, pure in heart, and seek God's wisdom. When responsibility demanded a decision, he would always stand for the truth. Henry grabbed the quill and dipped it into the ink. Become reconciled to God by a true repentance and implore his counsel and assistance, he wrote. He is the only and the true deliverer. Let us lift up our eyes to him. In what ways can you define, declare, and stand for the truth? When responsibility demands a decision, always stand for the truth. Thank you for listening to today's story. Every day of the year, our hope is to inspire you with real-life stories of faithful men who have gone before us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Join us tomorrow for another story at 365christianmen.com.